Welcome to Manic episode number three. I am here with Meredith. Is there anything <laughs> about yourself that you would like the audience to know right away? Um, Other than you're an amazing photographer. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I mean, I'm 26. I have a job that involves photography, but not music photography, sadly. And that's pretty much it. Alrighty. Well, then let's just delve on into it. So, what is the best part about photography for you? Just photography in general? Yeah. Probably being able to create something that shows people what emotions you were feeling or like emotions other people were feeling. So like with music, it would be if I can take a picture that <clears throat> feels like what the concert felt like to me. And then with portraits, it would be, you know, being showing somebody the way that I see them instead of just like a blank ass generic portrait. Yeah. I don't know. That's my main goal. Which I find that you're very talented at that. Like, I've noticed with your work is that you do a really good job at capturing the person in the photo. Especially when it comes to, like, artists on stage. Like, I feel like I see their personality shine through even if I don't really know them too well. You know? And especially with artists that I like a lot. Like, when you photographed lights, you could really, like, see her personality shine through those photos. Thank you. Yeah, that one was cool because that's the only time that I got to take, well, not the only time, but, like, the only time I got to take pictures of somebody for the entire show, because usually it's just the first three songs. So with that, I could, like, watch what she was doing and pick out more moments instead of just being like, I have to get these pictures, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was really proud of those, and usually I'm not, like, I'll, like, shit talk my own stuff, <laughs> but I liked those. So, I wanted to ask, what do you think the worst part about photography is for you? The online culture of it, and just, like, how, I don't know. I mean, people always complain about it being oversaturated and stuff, because <clears throat> anybody can get a camera and take pictures. But I don't, that's not really like a big deal to me because I think if you want to be a photographer or even just like have it as a hobby, you should be allowed to. The thing that bothers me most is seeing people <clears throat> being really like snobby about it and yeah. just talking down on other people's gear or their style or saying like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Basically just people that make it a really unwelcoming community yeah and I feel like you have that a lot with kind of like anything that you go into but I've noticed it a lot because I do follow a lot of photographers on Twitter and stuff yeah and I have noticed that a lot of them will will just tweet stuff like oh how are you gonna say this when you're doing this this and this yeah like people will be like oh it's stupid if you sell your presets but and if you use other people's presets and it's stupid if and it's just like maybe that's not your style and that's fine but you don't have to alienate a whole group of people just because you you know don't do something a certain way art is supposed to be your thing like it's not supposed to have rules I mean 
Right, exactly. I completely understand. Sorry, I'm like making faces when they can't see. No, it's totally face. okay. This is why I like wanted to like go into doing like a podcast where I was like Loki like recording it at the same time. Yeah. I think that could be really cool, but also it's like the logistics more, of that. Yeah, that's it's a lot like, more work. Ooh, yeah. And then you have to look really good when you do it, and then like now I can just look however I want. Right, and I'm literally wearing house slippers right now, so like <laughs> I would have to be presenting myself well. I'm wearing a scrunchie in my hair, like. It could just be the chill. At home podcast. I mean, you oh, whatever. Hell yeah. That would be sick. <laughs> so another question I wanted to ask is, what would your advice be to people who are just starting out or who want to get into photography but are too scared or they're too intimidated by it and don't think they're going to be good enough? What would your advice be to them? That want to do music stuff or just like any photography? Just any type of photography. I would say don't base your interest in it on the way that people treat you online. <laughs> um, and I would say, you know, there's always people that will help you and give you advice. Like, there have been a couple of people that I, when I first, like, I've always liked photography, but <clears throat> when I wanted to get into music photography, there were a couple people whose stuff that I really liked, and they were really nice when I reached out to them and gave me advice and stuff. And I, that's not always the case, but there are people that will. And I would just say, do a lot of online research, because you don't need to necessarily have, like, all the nicest, most expensive stuff. Don't feel like it depends on your equipment. I mean, you could start out with, like, a beginner, you know, $200 camera, and that's going to you can create really amazing stuff with that. So it's not all about the gear. And yeah, don't be hard on yourself. I know that everybody is, I am, but <laughs> give yourself the freedom to grow and make mistakes. I think that's really good advice. <laughs> so tell me about your, your journey and your relationship with photography. Like how did you get into it? versus where you're at now? When I was, back in like the MySpace days, oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was in, I think, 8th or ninth grade, I, my friend Reva, um, we're still friends now, but we were a lot closer back then, but she moved and has kids and blah, blah, blah. But um, she started taking pictures just like outside in the woods and stuff with her grandma's little point and shoot camera and then she asked me to do uh, like a little photo shoot with her one day <laughs> and it was just so much fun it was an excuse to go on an adventure instead of sitting inside and yeah. you know being on the computer or whatever so it was just fun and I wanted to start doing it and then my dad um bought me a camera for my birthday that year and it was just like a Nikon D40, I think. It was like a little <laughs> cheap. Well, I thought it was cheap at the time, but apparently he told me he spent a lot of money on it, and then <laughs> I felt really bad. But it, it was a, like a beginner camera, and I just started taking it everywhere. Like, I took it to school, I took it to hang out with my friends, I took it to family functions and stuff, and I took pictures of everything. It was probably annoying. <laughs> I did the same thing, too. But... It was cool, and I got to, and <clears throat> I messed with a lot of different editing styles, and just, like, you know, it was fun. I tried to make a lot of my pictures, even back then, look how I felt about the situation. Yeah. So, honestly, sometimes I'll look at my old pictures, and I'll like them more, because I feel like, since I wasn't online all the time looking at people's stuff, I had my own 
yeah. vision, and now I just think about, like, oh, this person did this better than me, and, like, yeah. it was less convoluted, I guess. Right. But, yeah, that was how I started, and then I kind of, I just, like, put pictures on Flickr all the time. Everything I did, I put it up there. I took pictures of this group of kids that rapped at my, in my, like, 10th grade class. <laughs> took them in the hallway after school. They are probably terrible, but I thought <laughs> I was really cool at the time. <laughs> and eventually, I kind of put down my camera for a while, I guess. And then I got back into it. I got a couple pictures published in art magazines and stuff. And then I took pictures at, uh like a live music thing for my friend one night for Drew oh, at awesome. the Cincinnati, what was that called? Oh, the Cincy Showcase. Yeah, the Cincy Showcase. He would have like local artists. That's when you, that's when you started getting into music for That was the first time I took pictures of live music and I thought it was so cool. And I That's crazy. Yeah, I know. And I just thought it was awesome and I started researching like how do I do this with <clears throat> my favorite bands and stuff. And I made a couple friends that did it, and yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, because I noticed when, and that's what I love about your work a lot, too, and I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> um, it's just, like, your essence of capturing the person, because when you took photos for Uncensored a bunch of times, like, those were all, like, my favorite photos. And you did, like, really well capturing my personality and <laughs> Drew's personality, which is crazy because Drew's personality changes every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Drew. Love you. <laughs> but no, and that's what I really like admired about your work. And you can see it through like every area of your work. Not even just in music photography. Thanks. In portraits, you know, in doing open mics and things like that. But that's cool. I didn't know that was kind of like the catalyst to get you into like that bigger world. Yeah. So what was shooting like what was, like, your first, like, big... <laughs> the first show that I shot that was, like, in an actual concert venue was Earl Sweatshirt. Yes! <laughs> and it was him and Vince Staples and I think it was Casey Veggies. I Amazing lineup. <laughs> Where was that at? <laughs> it was at Bogarts. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, I'm so proud that I wasn't there. <laughs> I was so nervous. And my sister dropped me off, and I went to the window and got my photo pass and everything, and I was afraid it wasn't going to be there, but it was. <laughs> and it was so much fun. And the pictures turned out really bad because I had never shot in a dark environment and like that. Artists and I, <laughs> And before the show, I did all this research online of, like, what, like, people used as their f-stop and all this, and, like, <laughs> tips and everything. And the pictures were really grainy and awful, but it was so much fun, and I will never forget it, and I still have the past. I save all my passes on my wall, but yeah, that was my first one, and it's funny awesome. because I don't listen to a lot of, like, hip-hop and rap and stuff, Yeah. but I, and I had never been to a show that wasn't, like, rock or, like, yeah. you know. So how was it? Did you have It was so much fun. Yeah. It I was a really cool vibe, shows. and he was so funny. And he just danced around, and I loved it, and the energy was so much different. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. I love hip-hop shows for that reason, just because I feel like, I mean, you know, with, like, your your hardcore shows or your metalcore shows, you know, you have that kind of, like, inclination to, like, uh, uh, yeah. to, like, fight <laughs> motherfuckers. 
But like you have it's to. It's more of like an angry, like powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But like with hip hop shows, it's kind of like the same energy, but in a different way. Because like not a lot of people mosh. Instead, they just kind of jump. Unless yeah. you're at a Machine Gun Kelly concert, then people <laughs> fucking beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. I got I, like every single time I've seen Machine Gun Kelly, which is three times, I got a concussion. So that's scary. Yeah. But that's why I love hip hop shows. The vibe is just so comforting. It was cool because everybody like every time I would look at. Because you're in between the crowd and the artist. So yeah. every time I would look at the crowd, everybody was smiling and just, like, having a good old time. And that's not how rock shows always are. Like, people would be crying or, like, <laughs> or just, like, going through it. Yeah. But it was just really lighthearted and fun and, yeah. That's awesome. And Earl was, like, laughing on stage the whole time. <laughs> it was cool. And so, to go, to kind of, like, go off of that, what is, like, what was your favorite concert? to oh shoot. Oh my gosh, to shoot? Yeah. Or your favorite artist, or could be either or. I gotta think about this. <laughs> well, probably my favorite artist to shoot, and they probably think I'm creepy and obsessed with them. I kind of am, but that's okay. It was Fever War. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, every single time you take pictures of Fever War, they're incredible. Because it's really fun to take pictures of a band that has good stage presence, and they have the best stage presence yep. ever. And they beat the shit out of themselves and each other. But, like, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw them at uh, the Barcade in Northside, that, they were insane. Yeah. Well, but it was great. It's funny because the first time I saw them, it was because I had a photo pass to shoot um, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. And it was in Columbus. And I guess on that tour, they were having local bands open for them. And they had Fever War. And it's funny because Red Jumpsuit is, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's Red Jumpsuit. They're like. rock, but, like, they started out as, like, a Christian-based band, and their audience isn't necessarily people who would normally listen to Fever War, because they're not... Like, Red Jumpsuit, they, like, they have their little breakdowns or whatever, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> and it's so funny, because they just came out, and, like, Nick's punching people in the face, and, like, kicking the drums, like, punching himself in the face, and then at one point he looked at the audience and was like do any of you guys like doing acid? And it was just, like, the funniest thing because everyone was really quiet and the energy was so weird. And, and I was just standing there like, this is the best. <laughs> That's great. So what genre, for the people who don't know Fever War, what genre would you say that they are? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would say, like, I don't know. I don't want to throw out a genre for them. They're, they're rock, but, like... They're, like... <laughs> low-key hardcore but like they have hardcore influences yeah but they also have like kid rock influences <laughs> so comparing uh, that to red jumpsuit apparatus just so everybody gets a kind of image yeah, in their mind was, what that would be like it was beautiful it was fun <laughs> i remember you actually texting me after that show and you were like like this one dude on stage bled everywhere and it was great <laughs> that's what i like i like to take pictures of like even if the Fever War is great, I'm not talking about the Fever War, but like even if the band isn't necessarily the most like tight music and like great vocals and stuff, if they have emotion and they show it, that's the coolest thing to take pictures of, and that's the coolest concert experience for me. Yeah. Cause like, I'm trying to think. Cause like you could shoot big artists all day, like yeah, you know anybody, but if they don't bring that, well, well and I hate to say. 
I'm not gonna like drop any names or anything. <laughs> but there's a couple bands that I've shot at Warp Tour and at shows and stuff where they just don't move. Like they'll just stand there and like rock back and forth, and that's fine. But it almost seems like they're not there. Like they yeah. don't really want to be there. Right. And I know that it's not their respons like their responsibility is the music. But to me, live music should be an experience, and I think it's really cool when you can tell what the band's feeling too. Or at least, like, what they're feeling through their music. Yeah. Okay, I will drop one name because they're too big and they'll never hear. <laughs> I was really disappointed when I saw Sleeping with Sirens. <laughs> and that I, sucks because that's, like, your favorite band. I know. It's one of my favorite bands. But I hate that... Well, maybe... I mean, I've seen them multiple times and it hasn't been like this every time. But the very first time I saw them, it was just so low energy. Oof. I don't know. It made me sad. Even for your first but, time seeing them. But they could have been having an off night. Um, that's true. And then the first time that I shot Warp Tour was the coolest, probably. Because you asked who my favorite band to shoot was. I think it was just that whole day it was, like, the coolest thing ever. So who did you get to shoot that day? Isn't that when you got to see Trash Boat? Or no, that? that was with Newfound Glory. Oh, okay. That was a couple years later. But the first band I shot that day was at 11 when I got there, and it was Senses Fail. And Buddy is amazing, and he was <laughs> dancing around and being the weirdest. Oh yeah, person. those were those super cool pictures where yeah. you got him flying and he had in the his air. Shirt yes. And stuff. Yeah, and he's super political, and I love that because he just like incites anger in the crowd, and that makes me happy. <laughs> Basically, I just like a dramatic situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's cathartic in a way because yeah, you get to you it's know. Fun. Yeah. Music to me is all about how you feel and like you can tell when it's not genuine or yeah. like when it's just I'm doing this because I think people are gonna like it yeah and Buddy doesn't care if people like it he doesn't care if he has three fans he'll still write a song that's like fuck this <laughs> and I think that's cool yeah that's awesome that's why I like hardcore and punk and stuff that I don't know <laughs> no that's why I've been listening to it a lot lately because it's a lot more emotional than any other type of yeah. music for me well and like you said it's cathartic because you know that somebody else is as angry as you. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like that you're relating to all these other people through this. Yeah. One song cool. or genre or lyric. That's why I've been like getting super into like smaller bands because I've noticed like small like smaller like more unknown bands like that I've been discovering randomly through fucking Spotify have the motherfucking best lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, it's because they're not writing life. for commercial. I mean, I hate when people say, like, you're a sellout, blah, blah, blah. Because I think that's stupid because if you had the chance to make money for what you love to do, you would too. Right. <laughs> but, like, I do know exactly what you mean because smaller bands still are making exactly what they want to make yeah, and not thinking about, like, oh, we have to, you know, please this record company or whatever so you get more of, like, a raw <laughs> right. feel. Exactly. So what kind of made you distance yourself from music from photography? Music. Well, I'll start out with like the first, like my experience in music photography was amazing. I had gone through a really hard time right before I started doing it. I had really bad anxiety problems. I always have, but like I was in the hospital. I had to basically quit my job all this craziness, and then when I found that, I started feeling more confident 
in myself and being able to deal with it better. And I made so many friends and it was just awesome to meet so many different people. But as I got more involved with it, I also got more involved with the music industry side of things. And that's when it started to suck <laughs> because it wasn't about photography anymore. It was about, it's like, there's so many different issues that people are upset about photography wise. Like they're like, oh, we don't get paid enough for this or like we don't. And yeah, I know people want to get paid for their work, but at the same time, that's not what it was about for me. And it's all just like this big social it's like high school. Like, you show up at a show and you see photographers that you know from online and, like, you've been friendly online, but then at the show they do that, like, look you up and down. The side thing. eye. Yeah, and don't say hi to you. And then, like, if you say hi to them, they're like, oh, hi. Like, and it's just all a big, it's just very uncomfortable. I don't know. And there's, with the photographers, there's that. And then there's also the PR and the managers that you have to deal with. And <laughs> I'm giving you a look. But, like, people can just be very rude. Yeah. And just, they don't, it, it. And I saw some of that when you and I and some other people worked on MLS together. Like, a lot of the the feedback that would, like, come back to us. Like, we would throw out requests. And then the response rude. that we would get would be, well, really it was you. I was just looking at the emails because you would send them all. But <laughs> but they would send them back and they would be just snippy and, like, rude. Like, yeah. why do you even think that we would even consider you? Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, everybody has to start somewhere. And people act like if you're not on a certain level, you're not even worthy of talking to. Like, I know that the biggest thing in the music industry is who you know. Mm -hmm. It is. Like, whether you're in a band whether you want a management job, whether it like you could work so so hard, but if you don't have the right connections with people, you might never get anywhere. Yep. And I guess that's how I started to feel because I was sending like every other day I was sending probably 40 or 50 emails trying to get shows, trying to hop on tours even with small bands and even for like $10 a day. Like I wasn't asking for a lot. I you know, and I would just get these responses that were shitty, or, like, I would get the runaround, and people would say, like, oh, we'll get back to you, but then they would hire somebody else, or, like, it wouldn't be truthful, I don't know, but I was getting fed up with it, and then the final straw was <laughs> I emailed a band's PR person, <laughs> should I say who, I don't really care if they hear about it. <laughs> but uh, I I have like a form email that I send because mm -hmm. if I'm sending 50 emails a day I'm not going to type out each one like, right that makes sense but it was personal it wasn't like dear so and so like this is to whom it may concern yeah I would always change the name of the band and like change the situation a little bit and I would sign it and say something personal I, it was just like the body of it was and this was my fault I guess but when I sent the email I had the wrong email address, and I put a different name as who the PR person was. Their name was Zach, and I put, I forget what I put, I put like Andrew or something. I don't know. Because wasn't that like their old PR person and they yeah. got a new one, yeah. so you accidentally put the old one? Yeah. And I 
I typed out this big long thing. I was really nice. I said like kind regards at the end, blah blah blah. And the only thing I got back was my name's not fucking Andrew. No, like nothing professional. And this person does PR for a lot of bands. They manage bands. They work for a major record company. So I just thought that that was like the most unprofessional thing ever. Like I understand that you were mad that I put the wrong name, but that response. Yeah, that's just completely uncalled for and really unprofessional. Especially, yeah. especially like because you did like you were the creator of an online music magazine. So, if you were to take that and run with it, that could have been a whole story. He, he could have, like, been doxxed and fired just for saying that. I doubt it. I wish, but I doubt it. Because it doesn't matter. Because I'm just, like, a peon and he's, like, a big whatever the fuck he is. But it's just, like, the way that people treat other people and the way that people are so... Is it elitist or elitist? How do you it's, pronounce that? It's elitist. Because I've heard people say it both ways. Really? But, yeah, I thought it was elitist, too, but someone corrected me once. Really? But the way, yeah, they I've were always, being elitist. I've always, I've always said elitist, so if it's anything but, then chastise me all y'all want, because I thought it was the same thing. Yeah. Well, the way that people are so elitist in the music industry and so fucking snobby about everything. Like, I made a mistake. I called you the wrong name. You could have emailed me back and said, like, hey... Thanks for the email. Sorry, but my name's actually this. Yeah, and then I would and change it on the fucking website. Right, like it, like you got the right. information from the website. And, and then I would like, have apologized and right. said, "Hey, I'm really sorry," but no. Like, did no. someone named Andrew hurt you? <laughs> I don't know. Did y'all and Andrew fist fight? Well, <laughs> and I said I wasn't gonna respond at first, but I'm petty, so I had to respond. That would just like make my blood boil as time went on. I would it, feel well, obligated. To respond. I had already had a really bad day, and I was yeah. really frustrated about the music industry. And to be completely honest, I went in my room and I cried for like three hours because it it was just so rude. It's me. And I had just for had no it reason. with so many other things yeah. that day, and I was just like. And, and honestly, since then, I've shot one show. Really? Yep. Wow. Which sucks, because it, like, and it, and that sounds stupid, because it wasn't just that. It was building up, and I was yeah. already thinking, like, this isn't really making me happy anymore. But that was, like, the, the straw scale. that broke the camel's back. Like, yeah. That email was just like, this isn't worth it. Fuck this. And it sucks because I miss it, but I don't want... And and what really sucks is that I would love to just go to shows and shoot them just for fun. But you can't do that because you have to either be connected to a publication or know people. And I'm not connected to a publication anymore because I haven't published anything forever. Yeah. So I can't just email people and be like, hey, can I shoot this big ass show? Let's get it started again. Let's fucking... I mean, I would love to. Let's get MLS back just so you can shoot shows. Just so I can shoot shows and then publish a tell-all about that person. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, no. Alright, everybody's getting this scoop-de-pooped. <laughs> we're gonna start a tell-all blog and we're gonna go into the music industry and be incognito and get all the dude, fucking tea and shade. There will be a lot of tea and shade. Yes. Even in local music and like especially in local music that's where <laughs> all the tea in the shade hides <laughs> yeah well and another reason too is being a girl it was really hard to get tours yeah because and like to a degree I understand band's point of view but at the same time it pisses me off yeah a lot 
because bands are mostly guys. Like, the music industry is male-dominated. It's just is. And most bands that are all guys, they don't want to bring a girl on tour, and there's a lot of reasons. It's because some of them have girlfriends, and they don't want to, like, sleep in the same room with a girl because... Oh, my God. God forbid. And then... (laughs) (laughs) And then they don't want someone that's going to, like, bitch the whole time and be... And they and be like you know high maintenance which is funny because the tours that I've been on I was the least high maintenance out of everybody (laughs) (laughs) I had fun on those tours but like I was the chillest one like I slept on the fucking floor with a pee bottle next year (laughs) yeah and I didn't complain I was having the time of my life and you can talk about stuff in front of me I don't care talk about fucking show me news I don't care whatever I mean, show me news what <laughs> but <laughs> no like I think that they just think that they have to censor themselves around girls and not and it can't be like broing out on tour yeah but like I'll bro out with you fuck I like girls too like we can talk <laughs> about girls we can talk about whatever but it's just annoying because you would get passed up for somebody that charges more is not a good work. <laughs> And just because you have a vagina. <laughs> yeah. Which, and I'm not one that is always going around saying, like, being a woman is unfair, blah, blah, blah. It is. But I don't go around complaining about it all the time. But, like, that is a big reason that I felt like I didn't get as far as I could have because... Yeah, because you weren't taking it seriously. Yeah, because I, like I said, I was sending so many emails. People would post stuff that's like, we need a photographer for this tour. Yeah. And I would send a response and never get a response. You worked your ass off, dude. And I saw you every day working your ass off for it. I tried. Probably, like, I don't know. I haven't seen anybody else work their ass off like you have personally when it comes to photography. Especially especially at that time that you were busting your ass, sending so many, like, because I saw it, you were sending so many emails a day, like, that our inbox was, like, fucking full, like. It just gets to the point where, and, like, a lot of artists go through this. My friend Kevin is a writer, and he writes mostly short stories, but he writes novels, too, and he saves all his rejection emails. He prints them out, and he saves them all on one of those little needle things that you slap paper on, like receipts, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But he has so many, and he gets them all the time, and he uses it as motivation. And at first, it is motivation, but for me, I mean, maybe I just don't have the personality for the music industry, which is yeah. fine, because I know you have to have a certain personality, and I'm, I wouldn't say, like, I'm a weak person, but I am a person that takes stuff to heart. Yeah. And I maybe you can't be that way. Right. I mean, when everybody's being fucking dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they tell you when you are a writer, because uh, I've taken a lot of writing classes in my days um, at UC, and all of my writing teachers, like, when when the students would come in with rejection letters, they would all cheer. And like, yay, you <laughs> got cool. you got your next rejection letter, That's you know? That's what Kevin does. Yeah, it's exactly like that. And it's like you kind of have to get turned down until that one... Because t- it, it kind of like builds you up in a way. But like only if the rejection is like, we're sorry you didn't make the cut, blah, blah, blah. And not, my name's not fucking Andrew. <laughs> yeah. like, like, who, like, it's, I don't know. It's just the attitude, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like, people use it as motivation, and I could for a while, but then it just started to beat me down. Yeah. And 
for me personally. I mean, I'm sure I could have worked harder. I beat myself up about that. I'm sure I could have kept going because now I feel like a lot of the progress I made is gone because I haven't done anything in so long. But also I'm less stressed. Right. And I feel like when you're working so hard to do what you love, it kind of it makes it feel worth it but like a little bit less so because you're like exhausting yourself like by constantly putting yourself out there that it doesn't even make it like fun for you anymore because it seems like you're in it really for like the emotion and like yeah. the the cathartic nature of it and like how much you enjoy it and that's how photography should be that's how music should be that's how the music industry should be is like having fun making music doing what you have to do but the current climate right now is just so toxic that it makes it hard to want to do it yeah well and a lot of it too is the internet because you can post whatever you want and like the internet does a lot of good things for people and there's always the debate of like the internet's bad for these reasons and good for these reasons but for me it was devastating to my like desire to keep doing photography just because I would see other people's work and be like wow I'll never be that good and then I would see people's work that I personally didn't like but they were getting all these big opportunities and that was also a (laughs) also a you know deterrent I don't know I I still want to shoot local shows and stuff but I want to do other stuff too what else do you want to do what's on your agenda <laughs> I would like to do one of my favorite things to that inspires me photography wise is uh, Days Magazine. I like a lot of the um, they post a lot of people's work that's in series and stuff, and they post a lot of really weird out there stuff, which I like, and I want to get into that. It's just finding the motivation, I guess. Yeah, and the and the resources for yeah. that too. Because sometimes that can be difficult as well. Because mm-hmm. I don't really have, like, a studio set up yeah. or anything. I mean, we did those pictures with the colorful backgrounds. Those, those were looked cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, they looked cool. studio. But, you know, I can't hire somebody that's not my friend to come do pictures and be like, stand in my room with this. I mean, I guess I could. <laughs> this sheet of paper behind me. Yeah. I, I mean, know. you could. Yeah. If people are aspiring models, you could be there. Yeah. They're step in the right direction. Yeah. So do you have a specific series or anything that you're currently working on or contemplating? Um, not at the moment. No, I'm going to Pride tomorrow and I'm going to shoot. I <laughs> Now I'm going to go off on another thing. Yeah, yeah. I love shooting like events and protests and anything with like big crowds. I love doing that. It's so much fun. Like I shot the, um, what's it called? The protest after... Oh, the March for Our Lives? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shot Oh, that. I saw those pictures. Those were so it cool. It was really cool because it was snowing, and it was so freaking cold, but there were so many people, and it was so much fun, and I would love to be a photojournalist, so maybe, maybe someday I'll do that, but that was oh, cool. you'd be so good at that. Thanks. And I shot Pride last year, which was fun. The pictures were super colorful. I loved those. And... Yeah. I'm so. over here like, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> you are. You're like my biggest supporter and I love you. Nobody else cares as much as you. I will always care. I will always hype your head. I will always be right here next to you being your hype man. Your number one You're fan. You're the best hype man. Thank you. <laughs> Once you become 
a rich and famous photographer. Don't forget about me. Yeah. Let me be your bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> I will clean all of your lenses with my tears. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that could work. You use saline to clean up, so. hey But, no, but I, I am shooting Pride tomorrow, so that's Yay. my next thing I'm shooting. And I have a couple ideas, but they're not really fully formed yet. They're not fully know. fledged out? Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you as well, um, who is like your favorite photographer? Um, there's a lot of people I like, but my favorite is Ryan McGinley because I really like his old stuff when he first started out. Um, he was like an art student in New York and he was like living in this shitty apartment with all of these people coming through all the time and he would take people like every time someone came to their apartment he would get like a blank white sheet and he would take them up to the roof of the apartment and do a portrait of them on Polaroid and he saved all the Polaroids and he had this art show recently with just the Polaroids everywhere like all over the walls I wish I could have gone to that but he his style was so cool and his style is still really cool but it's a lot different because he's older now and like professional and yeah. has all this crazy equipment and stuff but it was so organic and he just had cheap cameras and just shot rolls and rolls of film just doing stuff with his friends and like causing trouble and everything and it was the same thing that I used to try to do just like capture yeah. a moment and that's what he did and I really look up to his work and I have a book of his older stuff of a lot of stuff that he did in the show you've probably seen it in my room it's the one with the guy with the black eye and his eyes like bleeding down his face oh yeah 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 I've seen that yeah but he Dope. would and he has it, that book even is really cool because he has a chapter about each one of his friends during that time and like he has like a little short essay about the friend and then he has all the pictures that he took of them that's so cool. it's really cool it's called the kids were all right if you ever want to read it name drop for oh. But it's really cool. and I'm I just, gonna put a link in the... I love that. I just love that style. And I love getting peeks into other people's lives. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah, that sounds really great. Yeah. He made me want to shoot more film. So, if you could, in photography, it's just a random question I just thought of, achieve, like, your wildest photographer dreams. Oh, damn. What would that consist of? Like, what would that look like for you? Well, it would have been music stuff, but... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Spunked the counter. But it's kind of changed now. I just think it would be really cool to get to travel. Yeah. Just, like, like I said, to be a photojournalist. What if you did? <laughs> okay, so hear me out here. I'm, like, super big on, like, um, like nature conservation and, yeah. like, all of this stuff. So I want you... To watch this documentary. I'm nerding out right now. I'm sorry. No. Um, what is it called? Chasing, Chasing Ice? Let me let me double check this. And I'm pretty sure it's called Chasing Ice. But basically what this dude did is he's a, he's a photographer. Mm -hmm. And he went and he's like, yeah, it's called Chasing Ice. It's on Netflix. Everybody watch it. It's so good. And it's about um, climate change. And so what he did, he's a photographer, is he took time-lapse photos Ooh. of the icebergs melting from like years and years and years and years and just left these cameras like in these like places 
and like went through a lot of hell to get it. Yeah. But he did it because he was passionate about it. And he's got fucked up knees and did like 12 surgeries. But he yeah, still yeah. went out there and did it and climbed it. And fucking, it's, it's amazing. That's so cool. And to see the difference between like 2009 and 2012. Scary. In just the, like the receding of the glaciers is insane. And he did it because he was a photographer and he knew the power of photography. Yeah. And how people don't believe what they see with numbers. They believe what they see. Yeah. You know? So he did it and it was like amazing. And I could feel like doing stuff like that. Yeah, that would be. Like, every Sunday I watch 60 Minutes with my grandma and my mom. Because oh, <laughs> we go visit her every Sunday, and we always watch 60 Minutes. And they have really cool features. And a couple weeks ago, I wish I could remember his name. I'm a shitty photography fan for not <laughs> But it was National Geographic. He was one of, he is one of their main wildlife photographers, and he's been doing it forever. He's, like, in his 60s, I think. Mm -hmm. And they also had Jane Goodall on talking with him because... They're friends, and I fucking love Jane Goodall. I love her. Like, My dude, bitch. I've done so many school reports on her. <laughs> I used to read. I almost just hit the counter. I'm sorry. I used to read all of her books, everything. But this isn't about her. Sorry, Jane. <laughs> it's about this guy. And he did stuff like that. Like, he would um, go to these different places, and he would just sit there and be alone in nature, but photograph these animals and show people, like, their families and their you know, just, like, them living like in their environments. Yeah. yeah, and there was a story that he had of, like, there was this bear that he had photographed so many times over the years, and he had, like, named her, and he, she, like, trusted him, and she would, like, she'd see him sitting there, but she would still, you know, just, and she had cubs and stuff, and he documented her life, and he was talking about how scared he was because the place where she lived, they were going to start making it legal to hunt there. And he was terrified that he was going to go one year and she wouldn't be there. Amanda's crying You guys right can't now. see me right now, but I'm tearing up. But it was just cool because it was like his photography has given him all those experiences. And it's changed him as a person. He was talking about how like he's never liked people. And he was always very like to himself and stuff. But being with animals has made him realize like different like emotions that he has that he could never express. Amanda really is crying. <laughs> But, but it was just really cool, and I just think it would be cool to do stuff like that. Like, not necessarily with animals. I love animals, so I would love to do that, but just anything with traveling and letting people see. Like, with Anthony Bourdain dying recently, he was somebody that I always wanted. I mean, I'm sure everybody wanted his job, <laughs> but I always loved how he would go to places, and he would show you like the not touristy side and he would sit down with families and have meals with them or like he would hang out with a friend in a certain city and they would show him like their favorite cafe that and just stuff like that I would I just think it would be cool to show people sides of different places that you don't see when you just go and follow like the tourist guide yeah that would be probably my dream job or like even I'm so inspired right now Ah, me too, but I'm poor, so <laughs> I need to go on one of those blogs that's like traveling for forty dollars. But Ayo. It'd be cool to go to places that are like in the news, but you only I don't know. You know. Yeah. Like you see a lot of like white celebrities going to Africa and taking pictures with sad little children. For clout, yeah. But I think it would be cool to be behind the camera and actually document people and while you're there being able to help 
people would be cool, too. Yeah. Even in America, like, I don't know. Yeah, there's still, like, so many opportunities. Being that. able to do volunteer work and take pictures at the same time is sick. Dude, I'm sure that there, I'm sure that there's ways that you can do that, for sure. Well, and I used to have, I had to write a paper when I was back in college one of the times I went. <laughs> I had to write a paper about, like, what my dream job would be, and I said something like that, and I said that I would like it to end in, like, creating a book of all of these places, and then for each of the places listing ways that you can help people over there. I don't know. Do it. It'd be so cool. Do it. Speak it into existence. <laughs> I just want to help people, and I feel like lately the only way that's available to help people is, like, money. volunteer somewhere, donate money, or call your congressman, which, let's be honest, that doesn't help anybody. Right. It just annoys people. Right. Sorry. Not making your podcast political. Like, back to what I said about liking taking pictures at events, like, the whole reason that I like doing that is because I, when I get views on the pictures and when people see them, I kind of feel like maybe that could help them want to go next time. Yeah. Like, with Pride and with the March for Our Lives and everything. And at March for Our Lives, I got to participate and I was chanting with everybody and I was, because I'm really passionate about that, about gun control, not bringing that up either, <laughs> and about just, I don't know, and it's just cool to be involved and be able to take pictures at the same time and possibly let other people see what it's like to be involved so that they'll yeah. do it too. Because it definitely made me like, I was almost like envious of you because you went to that March for Our Lives, because I didn't go because I think I was like at class or something. I don't remember the reason why I did. I wanted to go, but I didn't. And then I saw the picture. I was like, I was like, damn, I should have just fucking went. It was because cool. it looked so cool. It was. It was like, I don't know how many blocks it covered, but we started at City Hall, and then we walked. People that don't live in Cincinnati aren't gonna know this. Sorry, <laughs> but we walked down to I think. I think it was Vine Street. I don't know. But we did a big circle and passed Fountain Square and everything. Sorry to burp. And, um, and when we passed Fountain Square and went down the other side, we were, like, three blocks away, and you could still see people walking, like, wow. in this huge circle. That's how many people there were. It was wow. crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. It was pretty cool. That's incredible. And, like, so many people coming together for yeah, and the something coolest, like that. It's crazy. The coolest, like, everyone had all these great signs, and I loved seeing them and everything, and the coolest one was this middle-aged white man that was, you know, just looked like your good old all-American all American whatever. Boy. <laughs> yeah. He had this big sign on this big piece of plywood, and he had, and it was attached to this, like, two-by-four, and he was carrying it, and it just said, and it was painted on there, it just said, I quit the NRA. And I was oh, just wow. like, it. It just gave me the chills now, but like, dude, it, on, look at me. I literally <laughs> have the chills. Oh what my gosh, you do. <laughs> it gave me the chills there because I was just like, again, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it was just like this man is saying like, I like I quit, and just to capture stuff like that, like obviously I took a fucking picture of that. Right, right, right. But and then it was so cool because it was snowing and everybody was still there, and I thought that not a lot of people would come out because it was so cold, but people still showed up. I had my camera in, like, a plastic bag because Canon sucks in water. I love you, <laughs> Canon, but you do. So, like, and, but it was just cool because everyone was still there and everyone still showed up and everyone was freezing their asses off, but. It was for a good cause. Yeah. 
and they did the damn thing. And people say that protesting doesn't do anything, and even if it doesn't do anything at a huge national level, it did stuff for the people that were there. Yeah. Because it, made a it lights a spark in every single person. Yeah. And it makes you realize that you're not the only one that feels a certain way. Mm -hmm. So if you feel <laughs> a certain way about something and there's a protest or an event, you should go because it's awesome. There was another cool sign at the protest that said, and I mean, people use this quote all the time, but it said, the power of the people is greater than the people in power. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And if, and, and, and the cool thing about these protests as well is that it shows the government that there is pushback, mm -hmm. that people won't just stand around and stay silent about these things. Right. It, it elicits a response from the people in power, you know? It, it pushes Hopefully them it makes, to make a statement. Yeah, and I don't know, and taking pictures out of something like that, like with me saying that the biggest thing I like to do is capture emotion, that's like... Yeah, that's my, it. My shit. Yeah. And then at Pride last year, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for tomorrow. Because last year at Pride, I just, it was my first Pride. Because, like, I haven't been that involved in that community until I fully realized, like, that I'm part of that community. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, and it was so much fun because I was experiencing my first Pride and taking everything in and just taking pictures of stuff that I was excited about. And I love those pictures. I was so excited about them. They were amazing. And I know there's a big, like, controversy about no cops at Pride, blah, blah, blah. But there was a cop, and she was a lesbian, and she had her uniform and everything on, but she had, like, a um, rainbow armband, and it was just cool, and I got a picture of it, and I don't know. That's awesome. I don't know. It was fun. Yeah. It was cool to see pictures of, like, my city that I've seen so many times, but with all this rainbow. Yeah. Like, all the colors yeah. and the beautiful feather boas and stuff. I saw a lot of those. Those were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important that you kind of, like, take those passions and those influences and run with them. Like, if you find something that makes you happy, fucking do it. Fucking go for it. Fucking know? do it. Fucking dude. do it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, Brother. Yeah. Oh, and also the advice to new photographers thing, have fun because you will meet a ton of fun people and one of my best friends, I met him through photography and... Shout out Josh. Yeah, Josh. Josh Mason. Check out his work. Josh Mason photographer. Yep. It's amazing. But I would have never met him if not for photography and joining our little photo group that we had and like I don't know where I would be without Josh. Right, so. like, my life without Josh, like, what? I can't jo even imagine. Yeah, Josh got me my job. Josh <laughs> is, like, my best, one of my best friends. I love him so much. He's taught me so much. And, yeah, so photography's been great for that, for making friends. That was probably the best thing that I got out of it, was all the friends that I made and, like, just learning about people. Hell yeah. Okay. What are some, like, something that you want people who aren't in the photography industry to know about the photography industry or about photography itself? I want people to know that it's not as easy as you would think, I guess. Yeah. Like, people 
say, you know, anybody can pick up a camera and take pictures, and that's true, but putting your own spin on it and putting, like, it's like any other type of art. You put a lot of yourself into it, and that's hard because you don't always want to face different parts of yourself, and, you know, getting the motivation is hard and stuff, and I would just want people that don't do it to understand, especially with the whole, like, oh, I'm not going to pay you to take pictures of me. It's a lot of work, like, emotionally and time-wise. I mean, you take pictures, you spend however long editing them, you put a lot of energy into it, and just to be people to just think that it's, I don't know, I don't know. Because I, I, I literally take may, maybe... At the end of the day, after I go through and delete all the photos from Uncensored Society that I take of people on my shitty-ass digital camera, going in and literally editing them on iPhoto, there's, like, I think the most that I've ever edited at a time was, like, 55, and, like, doing that, and, like, and that's and that's a shitty system, too. Even doing that is fucking exhausting. And then I started doing that, and I'm like, I will never, ever... Like, and then you do that shit with, like, Lightroom with, like, 100 plus photos. I'm like, I would not have the time or the fucking energy. It takes like, a lot Like, it of takes time. a lot. It does. And people think that it's just, like, clicking some buttons. And physically it is, but, I mean, you're staring at the screen for a really long time. You're beating yourself up about, like, does this color look okay? What are people going to think of this? Blah, blah, blah. Am I capturing the person in the right way? Yeah. And it's so much fun. It's just, I hate when people are just like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. Because you could, yeah, but you're going to have to work. Like, it's, you, you have to learn how to do things and you have to, you know, it's not just clicking a button. Right. It's diff especially with lighting and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even a photographer. Oh, Like, I'm not, not by any of, any stretch of the imagination and it irks me. <laughs> I use lighting at work, like professional oh, lighting. But as far as portraits and stuff, I don't really use it. Like, I'll use flash sometimes, but I like to do natural light stuff. But honestly, it's mostly because that's my comfort zone. Because there's so much to professional lighting. And Josh is really good at it. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that he's, like, showed me a couple tips. But I just, it overwhelms me so much. I admire people that do studio stuff all the time because it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's doing... Um, his series right now on femme gay guys yes it's called pretty boys cry you should check it out but um it's they're amazing photos i know so they're far. so good well and i went with him last time he shot one of the models and he did all this lighting stuff he was moving lights around he was doing craziness and i was just sitting there like i suck <laughs> <laughs> but he went to school too and that's helped him a lot on yeah. the technical side because if you want to learn technical stuff not going to school for photography, you have to do a lot of research. Yeah. And I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just experiment with stuff, but I, I mean. But I feel like everybody, like, does photography for a different reason. Yeah. You know? And I feel like your guys' style is so different that, like, what works for him, you're just, like, nonchalant yeah. about because it it's not your jam, you know? Yeah, like, he, his stuff looks really crisp and professional, and, like, you could slap it in GQ, and people would think it belonged in there, and yeah. my stuff is more, like, <laughs> like, pictures you take on film or something, I don't know, I don't know, 
don't know how to describe I it. I feel like a lot of a lot of your older stuff that you because I creeped on your Flickr one day. They they looked like they would be like stills from like a nineties like love movie, you know. And I really and I really like that because I love I I love like feeling nostalgic about. A time. A time that I wasn't really even a part of. Yeah, or, me too. Or, like, a place. or And that's what and that's what I love about your photography specifically, is that, like, it makes me miss a time and a place that I wasn't even a part of. Thanks. Now Which, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is literally just me just, just typing Meredith's head. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> No, but I was... Well, I was telling Maureen... Maureen's my sister. Wow. I'm just talking to you like your mom's friend because you are. <laughs> Maureen is my sister. Um, but I was telling her a couple weeks ago how I, because I looked through a bunch of my old stuff and I was telling her how sad I was that I don't do stuff like that anymore. And she was like, well, just start bringing your camera everywhere again. And I was like, yeah, why don't I? I mean, I you think, really should. I think I, I'm scared to because I don't want people to be like, oh, there's this bitch walking around with this camera. Fuck it. But, like, that's how I got all those pictures, and also, why do I care? I mean, exactly. I don't care do a lot know? about what other people think of me other, like, anyway, but with photography, I do. Yeah, I think it's because, like, when you're passionate about something, like, I mean, that's how I am about writing. It's yeah. like, because I'm so passionate about it, I'm ultra-sensitive to it, and, like, I take in all of this stuff that other people do when I'm like, oh, my shit's not that good. Or they're like... But it is. And the, or like... It's so good. Stop it. Thank you. Or like, they're not even that good and I, and, and, and I listen to it or I look at it and I read it and everyone's eating it up and I'm like, dude, I could write that shit in my sleep. But like, they're up here and I'm still down. Like, what am I doing, you know? So it just makes you like super like critical and like analytical of yourself and I think because it's something that like you care about so much that you don't want to let yourself down in the process yeah and it's scary to put it out there too yeah but I think I think that's a great idea just start bringing your camera everywhere so one more question I wanted to ask is I know you said that you were on tour a few times yes. uh which one was your favorite tour my favorite tour was with the now defunct logo band homebound <laughs> <laughs> It was also my first tour, and it was so much fun, and I had the best time, and I learned so much, and oh my gosh, I wish I could relive that tour. <laughs> I loved it. What did you learn? I just learned that, I guess, like, this might sound shitty towards Homebound, it shouldn't because I love them so much, all of them. But like, I just learned that no matter what size an audience is, doesn't matter. Like the people on stage, like the way that they act, no matter who's in the crowd, is the same, which is so cool. Yeah, and I love that. And I, I guess I just learned like how to be brave because I was so nervous. Like, <laughs> my mom actually dropped me off because I didn't want to leave my car at the person's house I was getting dropped off at. And I was so nervous. I was like, Mom, I'm going to die. <laughs> and she was like, no, you're going to have fun. And then two of the guys in the band came out to like help me carry my stuff. And the whole time I was nervous about like fitting in with them and everything. But I just told myself to shut up. And I survived. And I had so much fun. And we all 
got along so well and just like even when people didn't get along so well <laughs> it was still fun and I don't know it's a time that I definitely wish I could relive <clears throat> that's awesome yeah they really let me do what I wanted as far as like behind the scenes stuff yeah and they the were... little photo shoot on the beach oh, part, yeah. that was so cute. We all went to the beach, and that not everybody so was 21, but everybody was drinking beer on the beach, and it was so fun. I love those pictures. They're so cute. And, yeah. It was really cool, too, to get to travel with people that I... Like, before that tour, I only knew one or two of them. Like, I knew who they all were, but I only knew one or two of them as on, like, a friend level. Yeah. And it was cool to travel with people you don't know that well and get close and, like, pretty much have to be, like, have to let them see you at all different times. Because, like, I wasn't looking good. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't care. And we slept in the van every night except for one night, I think. <laughs> so that was an experience. <laughs> but it was That's fun. interesting. And you also went on tour with hot mulligan yeah they were really nice it was belmont and hot mulligan i'm i'm not trying to lean towards the mic (laughs) i'm sorry i was trying to i had a wedgie (laughs) (laughs) but it was belmont and hot mulligan it was really fun because it was a longer tour and it was more of like farther from ohio (laughs) (laughs) but it was a cool experience and they played with other bands on the tour, too, and, like, meeting the other bands and stuff. What show was the one that I was at? That was in Tennessee. That and one was fucking at, so much fun. At the Aquatic Center? At the fucking... It, it was, was at a pool? It was like, at, like, a physical therapy pool center that also has shows. That's so weird, but it was amazing. It I was, and it. we both got so drunk. We got... That's another thing about too. photography. Music photography, you can get drunk and do your job at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> And meet people. Yeah. That's where I met Chris for the first time. And Chris oh, is also an amazing Chris. photographer. Chris Anderson. Ayo Chris. At he's, Ayo Chris on he's Twitter. He's pretty much Belmont's, like, official photographer. Really. photographer. Yeah. 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 And he's amazing. He, does he is amazing. Well. And he's so nice. And he's such a genuine person. Yeah. Too. Chris is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I miss Chris. <laughs> but, yeah, that tour was so much fun. And every night was just crazy. And they had so many freaking dedicated fans that would like scream the lyrics back in their face and that was really cool it was cool to be part of that energy yeah and they put on a great show as well yeah they they, really did they really do yeah so what's a tip for people if they ever if they're a photographer and they want to go on tour what's a good tip for them um have a penis just kidding true True. (laughs) just kidding fair enough you can go on tour if you're a girl there are bands that will hire you you just have to prove yourself harder, I guess. Yeah, like, don't flirt with the band. Don't give them any indication that you're flirting. You have yeah. to just be completely chastity belted up. Yep, you gotta act like a bro because people will throw it back in your face and be like, you're just trying to get with the band and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I think that's the struggle that we face is being female yeah. fans of uh, of genres oh, like that. hardcore especially. Yeah. You as a hardcore fan... Dude, people think, like, girls can't like hardcore. They're just doing it to impress the guys that like it. Fuck you. <laughs> and it's like, bruh. I, like... <laughs> Amanda's doing her face where she closes her eyes and shakes her head. <laughs> and cracks her neck, apparently. <sighs> 
That just makes me so mad because because I just Ooh. found money in my pocket. Hell yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but the reason why I like that genre so much though is just because <clears throat> the is just because the instrumentation is so great and you can just get out all your anger and the lyrics are just always so good. And the emotion. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's like what being a female is about. Right. So like I'm sorry, who's not supposed to like this genre? Because I'm pretty sure y'all made it for us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But for real, like, I love it. And, it's, it. and it is something that we as females have to face when we, like, are up against that. And then I can't mm-hmm. imagine how it would be in the fucking photography industry. Well, and, like, it, it's annoying to have to defend yourself when you didn't even do anything. Yeah. Like you were just talking about with hardcore. Like, I really, I like punk music, and I like it because people that don't necessarily even know how to play, especially, like, back in the 80s, people that don't even know how to play instruments and can't sing very well, but they want to, so they do it anyways. And I think that's so cool. I love that. And it's just, like, I appreciate that stuff. I don't go to shows like, oh, I'm going to try to fuck these guys after the show. I've actually never fucked anyone in a band. So, like... Me neither? (laughs) Technically? (laughs) So, like, there, that that proves my point right there. Like, I'm not in it for that. And I, but I shouldn't even have to say that. Yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't, it it shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. So, I mean. But, also, you have to, well, recently, you have to put into perspective the current climate in hardcore music. And, like, just, like, the toxic culture and the allegations and all of that bullshit. We won't even get into all that today. Because that's a whole other hour and a half podcast that we can go into. But. It's just like, and that doesn't help. That doesn't. That doesn't. No, that help doesn't help because all. people are afraid to be accused of things, and people are, like, and people. Yeah, we can't get into that yeah. because we both feel strongly about that. But yeah, <laughs> but, we do, and we'll say some things that might hurt some people's feelings. Yeah. So, yeah. zippity doo da, zippity day. <laughs> my oh my, what a wonderful day. But yeah, the climate. I mean, it makes it harder to be a girl in the music industry. It makes it harder to be a guy in the music industry. It's yeah. Just, it makes, it pits guys and girls against each other, kind of, I think. Right. But. Which, when we should all just be in it for the fucking music, dude. Yeah, because that's, when it's the end of the day, that's what it should be about, like. The fucking music, But there's bro. so much politics. We have enough politics going on in our country. Let's stop. That's all. This is the first year in four years that I'm not shooting Warp Tour, and at first I was sad about it, but now I'm actually really excited. So you get to mosh, bro. Yeah, well, and I don't have to carry around pounds of gear all day, and I can actually see every band I want to see instead of, like, leaving halfway through a band to get to the other band I have to shoot and blah, blah, blah. So I'm really excited. Dude, we're gonna ball the fuck out. We're gonna die. (laughs) Okay, so for the Cincinnati one, are the set lists up yet or no? The stages are, but not what times people play. Yeah, you only get to see that the day of, right? Yeah. Because it changes every day depending on... Like, they have a cycle because it would be unfair to have a band play first every day and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That makes sense. I can't wait. I just hope two of my favorite bands aren't playing at the same time. That would crush my heart. You can see if they're on the same stage because if they are, then they're not playing at the same time. All I know is all I hear about is seeing Trash Boat. I will skip any other band for them because they're my favorite band of all time. Hell yeah. I would like to also see Trash Boat. (laughs) Hey. Yeah. So. And then Capstan's on Warp Pro this year. That's exciting. I know. They're jumping on for the last four weeks. They're not even on right now, which I'm so glad they're going to be at our date. Hell yeah, dude. I'm so excited. I love those guys. 
And they're another band that has so much emotion. Yes, they're another band that has so much emotion, no matter the crowd. Because yeah. when me and Maureen, were you there for that show with when me and Maureen went with Alex yeah. and Timmy and yeah, yeah, and then it was in literally Chicago. in Chicago, yeah. and it was like there was like bar- there was barely anybody in the crowd. There was maybe and they 15 were different people. than the other bands that were playing. Right, and like they fucking just they went. That hard was the as first fuck. time we even heard of them. Yeah, that was the first time we ever heard them, ever saw yeah. them, and they put on such they a amazing. Dope. And I fucking Joe, dude, Joe was ripping it on the fucking guitar <laughs> so hard, dude. He was like. I was like, I was, I literally, that was when I laid on the ground. I'm like, I'm standing up right now, you guys, out of my seat. I literally laid on the ground and I was like, I was like this. I was like, what the fuck? Like, with my legs sprawled out, like, this is amazing. That was when Alex, I wish people could see the face I'm about to make, but that was when Alex looked over at us and he was like, like, with his know, mouth open real wide. Yeah, and shaking his head. Because he plays guitar too, so he appreciated So yeah, that. so he like knew what was good, yeah. Oh, that, that was, was such a fun night. That was fun. That was great. I love that. Dude. And then me and Maureen went and saw them again. I think it was in Chicago again. Um, yeah, I've only seen them twice. Yeah. I saw them once at Donato's Basement in Columbus. Shelto? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then that was a really violent show, but it was fun. <laughs> and then I saw them in Chicago, and that's it. Yeah, I saw them in Chicago with Maureen, and that's when I got pickles from the bartender. Oh, yeah. You did that... <laughs> Yeah. I do that a lot. You did that when we went with Libby, too. Yep. Was that the same time? I do that a lot. Yeah, because we all got drinks and you just got a cup of pickles. Yep. You're so cute. That's me. (laughs) Well, when I don't, like, it's weird because when I don't want to drink, I crave pickles. Hmm. Well, I crave pickles all the time, but, like, I use pickles. Pickles are the... The, the cure for alcoholism. <laughs> right? Hell yeah, dude. That's why I always get pickle juice and, like, pickles whenever I, like, whenever I'm, like, trying not to drink, but I really, really want to. You need to try that Sonic slushy. I don't want to. Why? But, like, I want to. You know what I'm saying? I want to. We should get like, it. Like, I feel like it would be gross, but I also, like, I'm very curious what it tastes like. Probably just tastes like pickle juice. Oof. But I wonder if it's, like, sweet at all. But, like, ice pickle juice. I know. I don't, I, I'm not really vibing it. But pickle juice Pringles are really good. Never had them. Ooh. I'm not know. a Pringle fan. Neither am I really, but they're really good. I don't like the texture of Pringles. I just... Weird. I like making the duck mouth thing. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that, too. That's always a fun time. Okay. Anything that you would like to send us out with? Oh, Lord. Mm. Like, the one <laughs> thing that we should take away from this whole... An hour and almost 15 minutes of podcasting. Oh, um, well, I feel bad that I sounded bitter half the time because I'm really not because I love photography and I love music so much. And I guess I would just say if you love doing something, don't let negativity deter you. <laughs> deter Yeah, I was looking for the right word. Don't let negativity deter you from doing it. If something makes you happy and gives you joy, don't let other people ruin it for you. Because that shouldn't happen. And don't call Knuckle Puck's PR <laughs> manager Andrew instead of Zach because he will be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping the name. And we outie. <laughs>